Well, on May 21, our Kylie Minogue added her vocals to the track Starstruck, already a moderate hit for the band Years and Years. Ironically, it's a band that now consists of just one person. Can you call that a band, really? I'm not too sure. That one-man band is otherwise known as Ollie Alexander. I know nothing about this man, but... He is the last man standing in a band that originally consisted of five members. Which begs the question, is Ollie obnoxious to be around? Or possibly a serial groper? Four people have walked away and just left him to it. There's got to be a story there. Now, it's not lost on many Kylie mega fans that this is the second single in a row where Kylie has just thrown out something rather pointless. It's the second time in a row where she has rehashed a song which was perfectly brilliant enough in its first incarnation. It's the second time in a row where she has re-recorded a song that is no more than 12 months old in the first place. And I just can't understand why. It's not like she's in between projects. There is ample fodder left to choose from on the disco album. Yet... She turns her back on the lot of it, only to serve up two tracks that were already out there. And what's worse, she doesn't even bother to insist the tracks be transformed in any way at all. Real Groove and Starstruck have both been re-recorded as practically identical versions of the first. Real Groove, slightly updated, yes. And then Dua Lipa, barely audible, not even given her own verse. You need your ear right up close to that Bose speaker to actually hear if Dew is on that track at all. Her presence is so light on that Kylie actually has to say Dewa's name as the track fades out. Just to remind us, yeah, she was here. She was in the studio. Barely, but she was. Several months later, we now have Starstruck. It's a pretty decent track in its own right, but now re-recorded with Kylie's vocals, and she really does just phone it in. Her delivery is lacklustre. It's quite monotone, which goes against the whole grain of the cheeky spirit of this song. Our friend Ollie, now he has the tone pitch perfect. He's fun, he's playful on this track, but Kylie's vocals are stiff and robotic. And I ask again, for what purpose? We already had these songs. Starstruck was released on April 13, people. Just over four weeks later, Kylie decides to put a stamp on it, and they don't even mix it up. Why? While over here, here, over over this side, sitting on the piano, a bunch of brilliant disco tracks just begging for release, video clip, and live performance. But nothing. She doesn't want to touch them. The disco era has been the most botched Kylie campaign since her music career began in 1987. It is the outright contender. There is no one else. And don't tell me, kiss me once, because you can't put lipstick on a pig. Simon. Why does Kylie keep doing this? <laughs> I don't know. Um, sorry, I was sat here on mute howling. Um, <laughs> but I mean, well, I, I, I largely agree with you. Uh, I don't know. She's released the best album she's released in probably like 20 years. And yeah, what's happening? Why? why? I mean, I don't know if it's just that the music industry's changed. And because we're old, we're like, there needs to be videos, there needs to be promotion, there needs to be singles released. And maybe that just isn't the way people do it anymore. Mm. 
Maybe, but I mean, look, I mean, I, I do. I actually have checked myself and went, is that? It, do I just want it to be 1989 again? Do I want there to be the yeah. album then release one, two, and three? Okay, I do. I wear that, and and maybe there's a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, don't you still go to your best content and put it out there and promote it and and sing it? Like, why yeah, not? I also, I also think it's odd that she's released an album that's so beautifully visual, like. Yeah, each track gives you so much to think about visually and what videos could look like, and you know, and everything that she's done with the artwork has been so great, and the concert was so great that I just don't really understand why. Yeah, I agree with you. Why is she wasting it? Because she, I, I don't know how many albums like this she has in her. Oh, she's got heaps more. You're such a cynic. She can keep doing this until the day she dies. Yeah, but I mean, that are this good? Like after you know, the last few, I I don't know if I think that she has, I didn't think she still had this, this good of an album in her. So mm. I don't know how quickly she's going to do an album like this again. No. This, this, this good and this, this milkable. Yeah, it's so hard to say, but look, I, I will never, ever lose faith in Kylie. I'm pretty sure that she'll release an awesome. Well, actually, that brings me to the question. Whatever happened to the remastered disco featuring all the tracks now with Pink and Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, God forbid, even maybe Madonna? I mean, that was a brilliant still, idea. Isn't it still supposed to be coming out? Because isn't Starstruck oh, supposed please. to be on it? Yeah, in between, in between editing Madame X, Madonna popped into the studio and, and, and did... <laughs> you know, spotlight with Kylie. I'm sure that's really happened. I mean, yeah, come on. Nothing was ever confirmed, though. It was all rumour, wasn't it? And I exactly. wonder how much of that... I all th- I thought most of it was just fan rumour. So, yeah, I'm, I've got my tongue in my cheek when I say, where is it? The point being, like, why isn't she just focusing on her stuff, though? Is, I still don't know. There's got to be a story, Simon, and, and the fans will kick me for it. By the way, anyone who had a go at me the last time, I, I had a similar thing to say about Kylie, the disco album being wasted. You were all wrong. Every single vicious, nasty comment was all around, you ain't seen nothing yet, be patient, shut up, you don't have anything to say, shut up. And guess what? She didn't come back with anything, dickheads. She did nothing. I was absolutely right. Nothing. You were. You were correct. Uh, so, you know, uh, but what do you make of this track? I have to be fair to Starstruck. I, on first listen, well, before it was even released, I was worried because this guy that I don't know much about was on the stage with a singing bit of a devil, you know, at Albert Hall. And I'm like, he is such an overexcited pain in the butt, basically. And he can't sing and he's got barely any talent. So when I heard that he's going to be on a record with her, I thought, please stop it, Kylie. You might as well, you know, just why are you lowering yourself like this? But then I watched his version before it was released. It's good. This is a good pop tune. And his video clip, great. Lots of charisma. He's he's done a great job with it. So I love the track, yeah. I have to say. What, what do you make of, of the track and particularly the re, the inverted commas remixed track with Kylie, which isn't remixed at all? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all right. I, <laughs> I have a, a kind of complicated relationship with years and years. Um, in I the, I, I've never heard of them. So they've been around for ages and they're quite big over here. Mm. Um, and I've seen, like, I've seen them at Glastonbury and stuff, and all my friends love them. My mum loves them. Oh god! Um, I'm not 
that keen. Um, I think they're okay. Were they like a manufactured it, boy band? Were they? Is that what no, they were? No, 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 no. They were they were like a band band. They're a proper right. band. Okay. Like Ollie was the was the singer, and then the others played the instruments. Um, I think he was just he's just a presence, isn't he? Mm. Um, and so obviously he wasn't openly gay when they first started. I don't think he was kind of very quickly from getting into the public eye. He's kind of got more and more flamboyant. He was also just in um, a really big gay drama on Channel Four called "It's a Sin," oh, uh, which is was written by Russell T Davis, who wrote "Queer as Folk." As an actor, and, mm? as an actor, yeah, he's the lead in it. Really, can yeah. he act? Um controversially i didn't like the show he's very good in it but his character is horrible so Mm. um he's very good at like the way that you described him Mm. is basically how his character in the show is anyway so (laughs) um i i mean yes i i thought he was very good but i hated his character so much that it really i really struggled to kind of connect with it um yeah look and his voice, to me, sounds like a cross between Darren Hayes and Jake Shears. I, I listened to him yeah. and I was trying to pick, where, where is this? I, I don't actually think he's a particularly good singer after seeing him live. But, look, he's got he's got charisma, he's got personality. I actually have yeah. to admit I'm, I'm starting to like the dude. But in terms of, like, getting Kylie onto it, I, I just don't get it. And it's only got 50,000 views, so it's not yeah. even – because I kept thinking maybe they're doing this as a cross-promotion, maybe it's clever, maybe I'm missing the point, but it hasn't done anything for for, for his song and it hasn't done no. anything for Kylie. What's the point? I think it's probably just coming off the back of It's a Sin, he's quite a big name at the moment, mm. and especially in kind of the – when you think of like gay media and stuff, he's he's quite big at the moment. He always was, but he's you know sort of at his peak, I would say, at the moment of of like popularity. So maybe they just thought it was a good idea. Maybe they wanted to work together. Maybe they just thought, oh, that would be fun. I've no idea. And also, yeah, as you say, like it, you know, the original track I think has something like eight million plays on Spotify. So it's not like it needed a boost. She's in Australia at the moment. I mean, she. we have very few restrictions in place with COVID. She could be producing music videos. She could be mm. performing live. She could literally be doing club gigs over here if she wanted to. But instead, she slips into a little Melbourne studio and does karaoke to a tune that's already fresh on the charts. Give me a break. Well, I have no I- idea what this is about. She turned her back on the project. And let me tell you, Simon, there is a fascinating story there. Fascinating. It's either legal or some creative conflict, but there is some mega story behind the scenes. This isn't as simple as COVID and, oh, she needed to get back to Australia, which all the fans just cling on to because that's the easy explanation. It's nothing to Mm -hmm. do with that. She managed to release Magic. She managed to release Say Something. She managed to do the whole album. So there's ways around things. So the fact that... Yeah, she managed to do it all... Yes, and and the the midnight at New Year's Eve thing, whatever that was called, Disco Inferno yeah. or Disco Eternal or what was it again? Can't remember. That um, thing that, that that was pretty mega as well. I can't Infinite remember what it was Disco. Infinite, Infinite Disco. Disco. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and then the fans because they can't bring themselves to believe that there would be some conflict behind the scenes, they just say, "Oh no, she's just she needed to get over to Australia, or she was missing her boyfriend, or oh, COVID made it hard." Rubbish. Not true. 
Absolutely not. There's some sinister story that I'd love to get my teeth into one day. Do you you not wonder, though, uh, if maybe it's just like COVID burnout? Because a lot of people have had this where it's gone on for so long. And I mean, where she was in the UK, like we went into a third lockdown. Well, again, like I, I don't dispose of that totally. Who knows? It probably is a factor. But this is someone who could regardless of what the everyday person is experiencing in the UK, she can get out of the country and go and record somewhere where the restrictions are easier, where there's sunlight, where there's more Mm. motivation, more inspiration, more creative energy. She can. She can afford to do all of that. So if she was that fatigued, I don't know why she wouldn't be here in Melbourne going, right, I'm enlivened again because restrictions here are nothing like what you guys are going through. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know about that one, to be honest. Um, what do you want her to do next, Simon, just finally? What do you hope she does? I'd like her to tour the album. <laughs> Ideally, yeah. I'd like her to tour the album with uh, Jesse Ware and Roisin Murphy as support. Yay! Um, <laughs> that, would be, that would be my ideal situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd like a couple more videos because I want a video for Where Does the DJ Go? And... Um, yes. And, and yeah, and I'd like her to tour with some support acts that I'd like to see. It'd be amazing if they did like a three-way tour between Roisin Murphy, Jesse Ware and her, because they've all released disco albums. That would just be wow. the best thing ever. Ooh, I, I love that. Yeah, that, that's a delightful idea. For me, that I just... Sell as well, if they did that, that would really sell. Oh, God, yes. God, they could sell out the O2 Arena eight times over. They could try to beat yeah. Michael Jackson's record. I have to say... I think she should just abandon disco now. Just be done with it, Kylie. It's it's a great piece of work. It will live on as a great piece of work. Create disco number two, really. Don't remix this anymore, only because we've been hanging on for it for so long. It's a complete letdown, even if you do come through with the goods, which I'm very, very doubtful about. Because like you say, it was all rumour anyway. There's no confirmation. I just yeah. think she needs to let it go, and I need to accept as a fan there's nothing more coming. Um, <laughs> except for maybe more duets with um, gay up-and-coming artists. <laughs> Simon, thank you for letting me have a rant. That's okay. I enjoyed it. <laughs>